0: Okay, hey, and Chief Content Nerd at Love and I Nerd, back with you for another Bible thump. We're in the Gospel of Mark. Let's uh, jump in and read together. So this is Mark chapter 9, starting verse 14. When they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and scribes disputing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were amazed and ran to greet him. They asked him, What are you arguing with them about? Someone from the crowd answered him, "'Teacher, I brought my son to you. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes, becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. Jesus replied to them, "'You unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you?' He's talking to his disciples there, by the way. "'You unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me.' So they brought him the boy, and when the spirit saw him, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions." He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked his father. From childhood, his father said. And many times it has thrown him into the fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the boy cried out, I do believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd was quickly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And then it came out, shrieking and throwing him into terrible convulsions. The boy became like a corpse, so that many said, He's dead. But Jesus, taking him by the hand, raised him, and he stood up. And after he had gone into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive out that spirit? But Jesus told them this kind can come out by nothing but prayer. Alright, a lot going on and not enough time to unpack everything that's going on here. But I think there's some really um beautiful things going on in this passage. One, we see again Jesus' power, his authority over demons. I mean he shuts them up. You know, he 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 commands these spirits and they obey him. Um so the evil demonic forces in the world, Jesus and the gospels and Mark's gospels, constantly exercising power and authority over them. Um, that's an important message that Je- Jesus is sending to the watching world and to us today by doing things like that. Um, Jesus is spiritually powerful. That's really clear in Mark's gospel. Another thing we see is Jesus once again, butting heads with the scribes. They're arguing, but the I love that this argument like, Everyone wants to know what they're arguing about, what Jesus is arguing with these people about, but it's interrupted by, um, someone with a deep need, someone with a son who's suffering. And, um, I like that moment because, um, like me, I want the juice. I want the, I'm kind of interested in the gossip. Like, what are they arguing about? Um, but you know, it always, uh, gets Jesus's attention, people with needs and, That was more important to him than solving this, you know, dispute between him and the scribes. Um, He's willing to be interrupted by people with needs. I think that's important for us to remember, like our needs, um, the things that we're really concerned about, the things that we're deeply burdened about are not um, annoying to Jesus. I think sometimes we don't go to Jesus with some of our biggest problems and some of the things that we're most concerned about because we're like, oh, he doesn't care. He's... Got bigger thing, things on his plate. Um, but here in the story, we see an example that Jesus was willing to be interrupted. So um, I don't know what's on your heart. I don't know what's plaguing you lately. I don't know what's, you know, what's what are some of the things going on in your life that you're like, I just can't stop thinking about this? I can't stop feeling anxious about this. I can't stop feeling burdened by this. Um, don't hesitate to bring that to Jesus. And don't think that he doesn't care. Um, Stories like this in the gospel again and again remind us that Jesus is willing to hear us out. He wants to hear us out. He wants to hear your heart. He wants to hear your needs. He wants to meet you where you're at. All right, the next thing we see is, once again, the disciples failing, right? The struggles of Jesus' disciples. Uh, I shouldn't. We, do, we don't want to think of them as failures, but, um, yeah, they, they, they couldn't cast out this demon. They wanted to help this guy, but they couldn't do the work. Um, and so Jesus says, how long— will I be with you? He calls them an unbelieving generation. And he says, how long must I put up with you? And he says, bring, bring the boy to me. So they bring the boy to him. And, uh, again, this, this demon, this demonic spirit uh, does exactly what the father said. This, this demon was doing to him. It throws him into convulsions. It's, it's doing some gnarly stuff to me. Falls to the ground, rolls around foaming at the mouth. And, uh, and so the father says what most fathers say when something like this is going on. Have, you know, if you can do something, if you can do anything, have compassion on us. And I love Jesus' response because clearly this man is like kind of on the fence about Jesus, at least in the sense that he he doesn't know for sure whether Jesus can help him. He says, if you can do anything, do it, you know? Um, he's It's a desperate father but but he's not completely sure he believes Jesus can help. Jesus says if if you can do anything if i if you can you know he's basically saying like really you think i can't do this? But he says everything is possible for the one who believes. And then the man says what i think we all feel a lot of times if we're honest um if we're honest many times in life we would say not like oh, I definitely believe. I know you can help me. Um, we, with things that are going on in a lot of our lives, we say I, I believe. You know, there's a level of trust in us that we believe God can come through for us. That we believe that God is on our side. We believe that He's going to take care of us. But there's this nagging doubt: like, what if I'm not good enough? What if I don't deserve God's mercy and grace? What if, um, what if He won't completely follow through? What if He'll only follow through partway for me? Um, what is my future? Right. A lot of us, if we're honest, are like, I trust Jesus. I believe in Jesus, but but I have doubts. Like, And they're pretty serious doubts. Um, and I think sometimes even like in church and stuff, we have sort of been trained, whether by others or, or just by our own insecurities, to think, uh, I don't want to admit that I have doubts. Church and faith communities are wonderful, wonderful places. Please hear me say that. They're places where we can grow and, and places where people love us and care for us and help us pursue Jesus. Uh, but they can also be places where we can become kind of pharisaical, like a little bit like the Pharisees, where we try to be, to look really good on the outside, but inside we have all these doubts and, and frustrations. Um, it can be a place where we're scared to admit that our faith is not perfect. Places where we're scared to admit that like we have... These like nagging doubts. Um, jesus does not flinch when this guy says, "I believe, help my unbelief." Um, and so jesus G- Jesus heals him. In fact, he sees a crowd quickly coming and he and and he sees this as an opportunity to demonstrate his love, his care, his power. Um, this miracle, too, by the way, I think it 's always important to acknowledge that like Jesus' miracles demonstrate yes, they demonstrate his power over the demons, but they also demonstrate his love and his care for people. this isn't just an opportunity to demonstrate to the to the watching crowd his authority over the demons. it is that, and it 's demonstrating his divinity, you know his his sovereign power over the demonic order but man he's he 's loving this dad this broken hurting only partially believing dad this doubting father right this doubting dad jesus steps in and says man i'm i'm going to help you i'm going to help your son i'm going to heal him and restore him to his right mind and protect him i mean this son this guy's son was hurting himself because of this demonic oppression he was experiencing so he he says you mute and desperate, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. And uh and Jesus raises raises this guy up and um when the disciples say well why couldn't we do it right? And Jesus says well this one can only come out by prayer, which is funny to me too that. <laughs> I don't know if it should be funny, but I always find that funny. It's just like oh. cuz it's almost like Jesus is like didn't you know this this one's a prayer demon <laughs> uh, or something, you know. Um so we don't know what's going on there, but Jesus, I think I think there's a lesson there. Um, we don't know why this one could only come out by prayer, but I think there's a lesson there. And Jesus is sort of saying to his disciples, like, hey, um, like this father, I think you had some unbelief that was playing into here. It wasn't just that they didn't know the cheat code, right? They didn't know how to unlock this particular, like, demon. Um, that wasn't it. It was I think when he says this one can only come out by prayer, I think he was saying, like, maybe you were trying to do this in your own power and show off or something. That's the best I can guess um, of what's going on there. But Jesus is saying, no, you've, to, to do the work that I've given you to do, to do my kingdom work, you've got to trust in me. That's what I think this passage is all about. It's all about trust. So I don't know where you're at this week, but wherever you're at, whatever's going on in your life, there's probably faith. You probably have some faith, some trust, but you also probably have some doubt. Um, and so here's, here's what I would suggest you do. Take the example of this dad and just stop hiding it, admit it to God, to Jesus. Maybe even you need to find a friend who, you know, you can trust, who's not going to judge you if you say, man, you know, I've got these doubts and, um, I just struggle to trust Jesus on X, Y, or Z thing or an X, Y, and Z way. And um, just pray, just pray, bring your doubts to the Lord, because here's the picture we see of Jesus in Mark's gospel. When he sees people hurting, when he sees people with doubt, he's not like, what's wrong with you? But instead, he brings healing. He meets them where they're at. He helps them. He helps them take steps, more and more steps towards faith. Yeah, you've got doubt. Join the club, you know? But it, the thing that doesn't help doubt is pretending you don't have it and living a lie. So admit your doubts. Open up. Open up to a friend. Open up to Jesus. He will meet you where you're at. He will help you take steps towards faith because he loves you. Hope you know this. Jesus loves you, nerd. We'll see you again next week.